I'm on my best behavior today because we have two, well, you're all incredibly special to God, incredibly important, but two especially important people. Uh, I've got to say a huge thank you to Arthur. The Bible I hold in my hand was given to me right at the start of my ministry at Thorn Cross. I've been a cha- prison chaplain since 1982. And some of you are thinking, wow, we started at the age of six. They must run it differently in Canada, but I guarantee you, uh, I've been in prison for most, you know, longer than most lifers. Uh, But I've been at Throne Cross, this is my 15th year, and I'm so grateful because the Word of God uh, was given to me by my dear brother in Christ, Arthur, who's never ceased praying for us, never stopped praying for our people at Throne Cross. And and I'm so, so grateful. Uh, The other person I'm really grateful is my dear wife over there. I promised I wouldn't embarrass her, but I'll embarrass her a little bit because she needs a medal. I think you've heard how noisy I am on guitar. Yeah, I'm like that most of the time. So she needs a medal as well. Uh, And I won't, I'm not going to wonder too much, but I would like to to try to get up close and personal with our scripture reading. So if you've got a Bible, please turn to Luke 17. We're looking at verses 11 to 19. It's not like me, because whenever I get invited to preach somewhere, I usually preach on Luke 19, 1 to 10, the story of Zacchaeus. But this is a prison's week scripture, and I'm hoping and praying God's got a very special message for each of you. So please, if you'd like to join with me, come up on the screen as well, too. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, Jesus said, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and active and sharpened at a double-edged sword. I thank you that your word has come to change us and to mold us and to form us into the form of Jesus, your wonderful son. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, come now and move in power in our hearts and lives and open our hearts to receive what you have for us today. And I pray, Lord, that before the end of this time together, that each and every one of us will have completely submitted and surrendered our lives to you, that we can truly say, not only just as Jesus, my Savior, but Jesus, you are my Lord as well, my healer. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, by the gift of technology, we'll have some things magically appearing up on the screen. I hope so. Uh, And it's interesting because the scripture starts out with the simple little opening. Now, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus passing between Samaria and Galilee. Let's get something straight here. Jesus is on the way up to Jerusalem for one purpose. And that is to die for the sins of the world. Let's just frame this whole encounter that Jesus had with these ten lepers. So he's going up to Jerusalem 
to give his life as a ransom for many. And I want to tell you something else about this little opening line. Most self-respecting Jews didn't go anywhere near Samaria. They wouldn't defile their spit by spitting on a Samaritan. They, the, the Jewish people hated Samaritans, and, and Samaritans really hated Jewish people. It was something that went all the way back to when there was a Babylonian invasion, and uh, people intermarried with Babylonians, and the Samaritans kind of it wasn't you know following the Lord as the law would prescribe. So there became this huge division and rift between Jewish people and Samaritans. And they just couldn't stand each other. So it's, it's important we remember this. And, and so we find Jesus on his way to Jerusalem to die for mankind when this event hurt. And as Jesus entered a village, he was met by these 10 lepers who stood at a some distance. Now I want to tell you something. Leprosy back in the day was this terrible, horrible, disfiguring skin ailment, a disease not limited to what we would know as leprosy today. It was pretty horrible, pretty awful. And the bottom line is that lepers were outcasts from society as dictated by the law. The leper is, and I quote from Leviticus 13.46, the leper, uh, it says, he is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? Eh? Can you imagine having to dwell alone? Can you imagine, you know, some, maybe some of us were bullied at school or bullied at work or, or people have, have made us feel like we don't belong or we're different or we, you know, we should be kept away. Uh, do you know, I think the lepers had it by far the worst deal in the society because they were treated in such a way that even their families cut them off. Imagine that. You had such a terrible illness that even your family would cut you off. I, it's hard to get your head around that. Um, so also, when lepers did go outside, they were made to have torn clothes and a bare head. And they were to cover their mouths like this. And they were to shout out. Imagine if you had a low self-esteem issue already. Shout out, unclean, unclean. Stay away, I'm unclean. Imagine that. How horrible. If you had low self-esteem, I guarantee you, after the end of the first day doing that, you'd be in a terrible state. And that's from Leviticus 13.45. So these guys kept their distance from Jesus because that's what both society and scripture had told them to do. That's what was prescribed. That's the way it was. And nothing could change that. And it's interesting because this leper who returned to thank Jesus was a Samaritan. And the others appear to all have been Jews, right? Um, now, you know that Jews and Samaritans had nothing to do with each other. I already mentioned this. But the fact that the Jews and Samaritan lepers were banding together shows you the extreme affect an impact that leprosy had on humans. So even though they hated each other, here they were, nine Jews and a Samaritan coming together just to find some sense of community. And you know, that's like that in prison in many ways. People in prison, a, a, a lot of society just seems to turn their back on them, think these guys are worthless, they're youthless, they're cut off, they're no good, they'll never be any good. Well, those aren't words of Christ. Those aren't the words of God. Those are the words of a society that loves to alienate and put people in boxes. Jesus loves to destroy boxes. John eight thirty six says that when the sun sets you free, you're really free, and that's true. 
In fact, I, I got to diverge for a second here. I, one of the things I love most at the prison, I love doing the statutory visits where I go to, to visit all eight of the residential units because I pray out loud, quietly. I don't want to wake them up. <laughs> I pray for the staff and prisoners and families around each unit. I love doing that. Sometimes the lads catch me and they say, oh, you caught me praying. And, and sometimes they say, will you pray for me, Sean? I do a little 10-second prayer with them. But the other thing I love to do are inductions because inductions is the one chance you've got to make a good impression and to sow the seeds of the gospel with people in prison. And, you, and I, I start by welcoming them. I welcome them and show them to the chapel. And usually the line is always the same. If they haven't met me, the line is this. Listen, boss, don't worry about me. I'm not religious. And I say, thank goodness, you're not religious. Neither am I. But secondly... I'm not the boss. God's a boss. In fact, the only good in me is Jesus. And see, relig- being religious won't save you, but, but Jesus will. I had a young man called Luke last week who came into reception. He said, oh, he said, Sean, I heard about you. I heard about Thorn Cross. He said, my first prison I went to was full of the gospel. It was wonderful. And the next one, they didn't even want us in. And the priest didn't want us in the chapel. And they kept us away. And we felt... It was horrible, but then he said, but I've come to Thorn Cross and I can feel God's presence here. He said, you know, I've struggled with, with alcoholism. Just a very young man, and yet he really struggled. And, and I said, you know, Luke, my Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My Jesus loves setting people free from everything, every, every issue you've got. So can we do this 10-second prayer? And we did. And the Holy Spirit fell on this young man. I had a friend called Stephen, another prisoner who is full of the Holy Spirit. We, we prayed. We had a wonderful time of prayer. And Jesus completely set this young guy free. And I know he'll be at chapel this morning. I'm part of me is wishing I could be in two places at once. I could see him. But anyway, I'll get back to, back to the story, this illustration about these lepers. So these lepers were looked down upon in Jewish society. They were the lowest of the low, not just because of the disease itself. But listen, Jewish teachers proclaimed that leprosy was a result of sin. Right? They said that, well, these guys are cut off in the curse of God. It's because of sin that they've got leprosy. I want to tell you something, folks. If there's something bad in your life or something bad that's happened, it's not to do with sin. It's to do with having Jesus come and set you free from an issue to show his glory. Jesus wants to reveal his glory in our lives. He wants to set us free. He wants to liberate us. He wants to completely break those boxes that we sometimes find ourselves in. That's what he wants to do. Because Jewish society were trying to say that the, the, re, the whole cause of this is sin. Now, don't get me wrong. It, people come to prison with addictions issues. That is a sin. That will kill you. Uh, if people come to prison because they, they've done extremely violent things. Well, that is a sin, and that will kill you too. But little sins will kill you as well too. But leprosy, that wasn't one of them. These people were sick, and they, what they needed was to see God's glory released and unleashed in their lives. And that's what Jesus loves to do. So... Let me just continue on here. The lepers, it's, it's funny. When they came to see Jesus, you can almost sense a, a sort of desperation. So they came up to Jesus, but they didn't go too close because they didn't want to break the law. Because 
They could have been stoned to death for that, for, for breaking the law. But they were so desperate. You can almost hear the desperation in their voice as they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You see, these guys are begging for mercy. Anyone feel like that today? Man, I'm, I'm, you, know, you might be thinking, I'm struggling. I'm str- I need some mercy. I need some peace in my life. I need some freedom in my life. I, 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 need, I need you, Jesus. I need you to set me free. Well, that's, that's how these guys felt. And I think that they were looking for compassion and for the forgiveness of sins. And I think it's, you, you notice they ask for mercy. They don't even say, heal us. What they want is for Jesus to forgive them of all of those sins. And isn't that what we need in our lives? Isn't that what we need daily? Just to come to Jesus and have him completely set us free and wash us and cleanse us and heal us. Well, that's, these guys are begging for mercy. They beg for Jesus to look on them with compassion. And they probably wanted to be cleansed from their illness as well, too. And they probably thought that their illness resulted in sin from sin, just like they'd been told by society, just like they'd been told by the priests. They likely had so much desperation in their voices, they knew that Jesus could heal their illness, and they, they probably had tried everything. You know, if you've got money and there was a doctor, you'd probably pay them whatever you could. So they probably spent everything they had and all of their energy on their own trying to get healed. But you know what? That, it's like that with sin as well. You see, you look at the TV and there's so much of what you see is self-help. Or you drink this and you're going to be popular with all the girls. You wear this and all the fellas you think you're fantastic. Or you drive this and you see. But really what we need is for Jesus to get rid of the core of all of that stuff. The junk and the, and the sin and the brokenness. And it, it means we have to be very vulnerable and very open and very hungry for that to happen. We have to be desperate for that to happen. Like these lepers, they're so desperate. They don't care what anyone thinks of them. They don't care about people judging. People have been judging them all their lives. Maybe you feel like you've been judged all your life. Well, well Jesus doesn't want to do that. He wants to set us free. And so these, these lepers come up and they shout. And I love what Jesus does. He says to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Isn't that great? Now, if it were you and I, we would have probably laid hands on them and prayed for God to heal them and, and see what happened. But Jesus doesn't break the Levitical law. He doesn't break the, the Tanakh, the Torah, Navim Kedovim, the scriptures for the, our Jewish our friends. Jesus sticks within the law. From a distance, he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. You heal. And look very carefully. It's as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. Notice they weren't cleansed immediately. It's as they went to show that they were cleansed, that they were cleansed. And as believers, we have authority. The more we get into the Word of God, the more the Word gets into us, and the more we find ourselves speaking with authority. And that's what Jesus wants us to have, is that authority of God to deal with things. When the devil tries to throw things at us, that we've got that believer's authority. And we can speak those words of life over ourselves and over our loved ones, our families. So Jesus was testing these guys to see if they'd actually do what he told them. Because remember, it's not just to have good feelings and good thoughts. You've got to act out your faith. In Sycamore, we have a saying, you've got to act your way into a new way of thinking. It's true. Right, Arthur? Check it with the boss. (laughs) 
Well, in the same vein, we must act our way to be healed of our sin. There are so many who tell us that we don't need to do anything to be forgiven of sins. Just believe and think happy thoughts and daisies and butterflies and unicorns. You'll be fine. It's not like that. We've got to act our way into a new way of thinking. We've got to act our way into receiving that salvation. It's not that complicated, really. But for these men, they had something they had to do. They had to act also. They had to believe in Jesus, and they had to do what Jesus told them to do. John 2, verse 5, wedding at Cana. Jesus' mom says, whatever he tells you, do it. If you get stuck, use that one. That's a great scripture, John 2, verse 5. Well, these men, they had something to do, and they had to act also. Faith by itself, says James 2, verse 17. Faith by itself, it, if it does not have works, is dead, right? We can have faith, right? But it's got to manifest in works. Works won't save you, but we need faith and works. We need faith to manifest into works. Notice how those in Hebrews 11 acted out their faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice in Cain, verse 4. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive an inheritance, verse 8. So the lepers were cleansed on their way to go to the priest. Because they acted in faith, they were healed. Are you getting this? Because they acted in faith, they were healed. It's so simple. It's like a a formula almost. It's amazing. Well, let's look for a second at the leper who is thankful. Because the theme of today's scripture is actually thankfulness. This is really good. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. I love this. Is often, you know, we reserved English people. You know, we're very, we're very reserved, aren't we? And we don't like to make a fuss. And, and you know, very quiet and well-behaved. And this guy was completely, completely unleashed and unhinged in his praise. He's praising God. He's louder than I am. He's jumping up and down. He's making a racket. He's making a ruckus. He wants everyone to see that Jesus has freed him. Jesus has healed him. Jesus has forgiven his sins. And so he's so excited, he can't even contain himself. And I love it because he goes running up to Jesus. He wants everyone to know. He's praising God at the top of his lungs. And he wants everyone to know that it was God. It was Jesus, God with skin on, who's made him well. Think of how his life must have changed. Just think for a second. He'd no longer be disfigured. All of these horrible scars of the leprosy, all gone. He'd no longer have to tell people he was a leper. He'd no longer have to go around shouting from a distance, unclean, unclean. No no longer have to wear old, torn clothes, full of shame. He'd be able to be with his family. God is so good. You see, when Jesus heals us and restores us, it's a whole package. It's a big picture. He impacts every aspect of our lives when he heals us. Has Jesus not changed our lives also? Has he not cleansed us from our our sin? Do we glorify God for what he has done? Do we want others to know what God has done in our lives? I'm I'm afraid that so many of us are so afraid that we might embarrass someone. And I got to apologize because I embarrass my wife all the time. Like I said, she needs a medal. I think... So there you go. But, uh, but, you know, the truth is, most of us are so embarrassed, we don't want to share our faith with anyone. Maybe we've never told anyone about Jesus. Maybe we've never won anyone for Jesus. When was the last time you spoke to someone about your faith? 
about the change that God has performed in your life through Jesus. We need to be a people who are actively sharing our faith. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's Mark 16, 15. I'll, I'll read that to you again. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then to the apostles said, and guess who the mission team is here at Lim Baptist? Have a look to your left. Yeah. Well, look at the person you left. Have a look at your right. Yeah. Look at your Yeah, we're it. We're the mission team at Lim Baptist. So, to the apostles, Jesus said, You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's Acts 1 verse 8. Granted, we cannot testify to the resurrection of Christ. We weren't there actually when the grave popped open. But we, each one of us can be witnesses and testify to the changes that Jesus has brought forth in our lives that very moment we confessed him with our mouth and believed him in our heart. And if you haven't, don't worry. We'll have an opportunity to do that in just a moment. You see, this man knew that Jesus was not an ordinary man. He knew that Jesus was not just a prophet. This man, this leper, this Samaritan, he knew that Jesus was the Son of God. And he had to stop. He had to stop dead in his tracks and throw himself at Jesus' feet. And he had to thank him with all of his heart. He had to thank him. And so that's what Jesus wants us to do. What about us? What about us this morning? Do you stop to worship God and give thanks? We've been instructed to give thanks unto the Lord. Uh, there's a lovely scripture from Deuteronomy 8.10. says, When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. And then again, Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man has said time, this time of year in Canada, we have something called Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's really, it's wonderful to remember. I, I'm thankful all the time, but Canadians and North Americans know because if they hadn't had help from the First Nations people, they would have frozen to death and they would have starved to death. So every year, folk over the pond, that funny ones that talk like me, have a special time of year called Thanksgiving. But I think for the Christian, every day we wake up is a Thanksgiving. Every day, every moment is a moment of thanks and praise. Well, we keep looking at this man. He was a Samaritan. Surely this was ethnicities uh, uh, provides this punch to this story because Jesus, since he was a Jew, would not have been expected to have any contact with Samaritans. And yet it was a Samaritan that throws himself at Jesus' feet, breaking all the laws, breaking all the mores, all of the things that culture says. Because he is so, so focused on worshiping Jesus. He was stopped dead in his tracks by the presence of Christ. So, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, Jesus says. Look, I healed ten lepers. Why did only this one come back to me? 
My friends, we're living in an age when this world is becoming less and less thankful. Uh, and Romans 1, 21 says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. 2 Timothy 3, 2 says, Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and unthankful and unholy. Now, if you were a leper, which one of these ten would you be? One of the Jewish nine or the Samaritan? I hope and pray each one of us would choose to fall at Jesus' feet. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you're able to, please stand. Please stand. And please forgive me if, you, if you've heard me say this before, but I only know one gospel message, and this is it. It's the same message I teach to every one of my new inductions when they come to Thorn Cross. You know, it's not about being religious, because I'm not religious. It's about believing in Jesus, confessing with, my, with your mouth, and believing Him with all of your heart, repenting of all your sins, casting away anything in your life that's more important than Jesus. Because can I tell you folks, if there's anything in their life more important than Jesus, it's a false idol. And we need to cast that thing down and just trample on it and throw it away. Cast it away so that we can confess Jesus with our mouth and believe in with all of our hearts and that he could come and be the wonderful Lord and Savior in us that the world needs, that we need, that our family needs, that our church needs. So I'll just ask you to please stick your hands out like this, like you're going to receive a million pounds because this is even better. <laughs> and please just pray these simple prayers after me, these simple words, if that's all right. Believing in your heart, and praying them with your lips. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you gave up heaven to be born into a filthy manger. You lived a sinless life that led you to the cross where you suffered and died where you poured out every drop of blood to wash away my sins. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. All of my sins. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. Give me a new heart. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And I, can I just pray a prayer for you as well? We're going to move on with some words. But Father, thank you for these wonderful people at Lynn Baptist. It's such a huge privilege to come and share. I pray you'll bless them. Bless our loved ones and families. Bless the church community. Bless all of Lim through these wonderful people who are the hands and feet of Christ. And Lord, for those who have prayed this prayer for the first time today, who've received you personally as a Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray you will show yourself to them through your word, through Holy Spirit, enlightening our hearts and minds, and through our fellowship. And I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I give you all the honor, Lord, for the incredible things you've started this day in this wonderful, wonderful place of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.